Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our Sunday message here at Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken, and we provide two updates each week, on uh, both on Sundays as well as Wednesdays. Now, on Sundays, our message premieres at 1 p.m., and today's message should be familiar to It's out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, and it's the parable of the sower. On Wednesdays, our updates are always uh, completely prophecy related. We love answering questions, and if you have a question, we'd ask you to send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com, because if you have a question, many other people have that same question, and we can answer it on air. That's the whole idea of how we get these topics for our Wednesday updates. Uh, So let's get into our our lesson today. Uh, The title of my message, again, is The Parable of the Sower. And we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. And then we'll also be taking a look at verses 18 through 23, which is Jesus' explanation of this very, very popular parable. Chapter 13, verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is likely one of the most popular and most well-known of all of the parables of Jesus. The parable of the sower concerns a sower who scattered seed and falls on four different types of, of ground. Later in, the th- in the, all three Gospels that have this parable, um, Jesus gives an interpretation. Uh, now, this is quite remarkable. In fact, Jesus only uh, does this a-, a few times in the Gospels. And likely, this is uh, the-, the first time that Jesus is set- telling this parable. Uh, and possibly, this is the first of a number of different parables that Jesus te- is-, is teaching. And, and as a result, uh, he answers a- an important question. Uh, the disciples come to him, and they say, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, the answer to that question is actually uh, probably even more important than the interpretation of this parable that Jesus gives. Um, And you need to tune in next week uh, as we'll talk about the reason why Jesus spoke so often in parables. This is called a teaser. It makes you want to come back for more. Um, But let's take a look at what Jesus says as the interpretation. And this is picking up uh, later. I think it's verse 13. Jesus' explanation of the parable of the sower highlights four different responses to the gospel. Uh, Basically, we know that uh, the the seed is the kingdom. And what is the word for the kingdom? Uh, What is this? This is the gospel. 
The gospel is the seed. This is what goes out. This is what's, what's being sown, is the word, the, the, the word of God, the gospel opportunity for the kingdom. Uh, for the Jews at the time, this parable that was first given, it was that Jesus the Messiah had, had come. This is the promise of the kingdom of God. Uh, today, guess what? It's exactly the same. Jesus the Messiah has come, that which is being sowed, uh, and the sower is God uh, through the Holy Spirit and also through the preaching of the word. The Holy Spirit indwells us, and, and we, as we go out and share the gospel, we become uh, sowers ourselves. And whether it's on the radio or on the TVs or on billboards, it's all the word of God. And this is the, the word of God that's being sown. Now, the first response is represented by the hard ground. That's what Jesus had to say. It represents someone who is hardened by sin. Uh, he hears or she hears, but does not have ears that understand. And Satan plucks the message away before it has, has any impact. Now, in the second, the stony ground represents the person who professes delight uh, with the word. He hears it, uh, but his, his heart is not changed. And when trouble arises, when persecution comes up, his so-called faith quickly disappears. Now, the thorny ground is the third depiction, and it's one who seems to initially receive the word, uh, but his heart is full of pleasures and lusts. Uh, Jesus says the deceitfulness of riches. These things, these things of, the word, uh, of the world deceive us from knowing the truth of the gospel. And this person ends up being choked by the very things that bring him or her happiness in this world. Finally, the fourth group is the good ground. And in this parable, it doesn't represent ground, remember, but it represents people who hear, understand, and receive the word. And then what happens? The word accomplishes its intended result. The person represented by the good ground is the one that becomes fruitful. The, the person represented by the good ground is the one that truly is, is saved, um, accepts Jesus, is, is, uh, receives Christ into, into their life. Um, it's the only one that has any benefit, really, from the Word of God. Now, I mentioned this is unusual uh, that Jesus would give an interpretation as he only gives the interpretation uh, to four parables. I did some research and, and checked it out. It was the parable of the wheat and tares, the parable of the weeds, uh, and there's a partial... Um, uh, there's a partial interpretation to the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, where the man, where Jesus asked the man, and, and who is his neighbor? And the man said, the one who did good to him, did good well to him. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. So again, this is quite rare because there's over 60 parables. Some people have counted 75 parables, depending on, on what you consider to be a parable um, in, in Jesus' teachings. So why did Jesus give us this parable and this interpretation? Well, that's that's really the question you always ask when you go through the scriptures. You say, what's the, what's the reason for this teaching? And I think the reason is, is because Jesus would soon depart. You know, even if this is somewhere in his first or early second year of, of ministry, Jesus came to die. He's the only man that was ever born on this earth with the purpose of, of dying. Jesus was destined to go to Calvary, to pay the penalty for sin, to die only to rise again on the third day and ascend into heaven. Now, 
what was left after Jesus ascended into heaven was the was the word, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 16 that it was for their advantage. The disciples were sad that Jesus said that he was going to go away. And Jesus said it was to their advantage for Jesus to depart because he would send the, the Holy Spirit. And then again, Jesus says something very interesting after he tells them this. Um, he says this in John 16. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. Did you catch that last line? He will tell you of things to come. Now, just prior to the crucifixion, Jesus describes for his disciples the things that will come. You know, he, he talks about the temple being destroyed, and, you know, not one stone will be left on top of another. And the disciple says, tell us when will these things happen? What's, a, what's the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Actually, three questions. And Jesus points out a time of, of intense persecution, uh, of, of, of people being slain, of hatred uh, for any, anybody associated with, with the name of Jesus. And many will seem, Jesus says, to fall away in response to the teaching of false prophets, and lawlessness will abound. Uh, and many will go, grow cold uh, concerning this message. That's out of Matthew chapter 24, which is the Olivet Discourse. Now, what Jesus said to his disciples about the end of days is really a summation of this parable of the sower when you think about it. There are many that have been exposed to the word of God. But unfortunately for many, this exposure is, is almost like a, a vaccine for a virus. Now I say this because a vaccine for a virus, it's, it's, it stops people from getting the real thing, right? So what, what happens is many people have been vaccinated with the gospel, meaning that they've been vaccinated, which means they know a little bit about Jesus, but they know a little bit so that they, it stops them for, from getting the real thing. You know, there are many people that have heard that Jesus is the Messiah, but we know that this truth has had absolutely no impact on their life. They may even be church attenders, but they're like those that hear the word of, uh, hear, hear the word of God with joy, uh, but they have no root. Uh, those that are being choked by the deceitfulness of riches is what the parable told us. Still, none of this will stop the proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom. That word will continue to go forward. The word gospel, remember, means good news. The good news is that Jesus has been, that has, has been preaching and, and that Jesus has come, that the kingdom of God is already among us and it's here, but at the same time, it's also coming. Jesus himself will be king and he will reign forever. Now, I want to go back to this parable and ask you to look at the title of the parable. If you've got your Bible, most likely you're in your Bible, there's going to be a little heading before this parable in chapter 13. And it says the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. This isn't about the ground. It isn't really about, it really isn't about uh, the word, although that's a, a big key piece of it. But the people that put that title understood it, that it's really about the sower. Now, you know it's not about the seed. You know, any, any farmer could have told you that the seed only germinates and takes root. Uh, only that seed that germinates and takes root is, is worthwhile. 
uh, the seed that is it's scattered on on sidewalks and on different places that 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 doesn't take root uh, it's not worthwhile it's not productive you know i find it interesting uh, to look at this from the perspective of uh, of the sower from a farmer what farmer would indiscriminately randomly and erratically throw seeds on the sidewalk the roadways and the stones and in the weeds this is not a lesson in agriculture, however, this parable. This is a lesson on the kingdom of God, and it's a lesson on the king, who is the actual sower. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one that is sowing the seed. The Lord sows broadly, so broadly that the Lord desires that all would come to a saving relationship with God. Uh, the Apostle Paul tells us this. He tells us this in 1 Timothy. He says that our God, our Savior, who desires all people, all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus has invited us into his kingdom. That's what the word of God is doing. That's what the sower is, is sowing. In another parable that Jesus, talks about, that Jesus tells, he describes um, a banquet. It's also called the parable of the wedding feast. And the parable of the banquet or the wedding feast, this is in chapter, Luke chapter 14, uh, the initial guests who were invited to the banquet represent the religious leaders, the people of Israel, who at the time had been offered the opportunity to be part of God's kingdom. However, as we know, many of them made excuses and they rejected the invitation. That's exactly what the parable talks about. As a response, and in the parable to the rejection, the host then sends his servants to invite all the others from the streets, uh, even the highways and the hedges, representing nearly everyone. This is the sower again, sowing the seed broadly. The parable highlights God's desire that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So in context, the parable illustrates that God's kingdom is open to, to all. And the offer salvation is available to anyone who receives it. It's a message, this parable of the sower, it's a message of inclusivity and the willingness of God to welcome a broad range of individuals into his kingdom. Remember, this present life is, is temporary, but we have eternity that is being presented to us. The good news is that all who accept Christ are welcome into the kingdom of heaven through faith in the Son of God. Now, to summarize this parable of the sower, I'd summarize it this way. A man's reception of God's word is determined by the condition of his heart. It's the condition of your heart. How is your heart going to receive the, the gospel? And, uh, at the same time, a secondary lesson would be this. The gospel is sowed broadly as the Lord desires that all come to salvation. My friends, the signs of the time will tell you that the coming of Jesus Christ is near. Today is the day of salvation. That's another thing that the Bible says. The, the word that has been sown into your heart is there for a purpose. It needs not to just germinate, but it needs to bring forth fruit. Don't be satisfied with a mere head knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. You need to bring him into your heart. The Bible says that as many as receive him, to them he gives power to become children of God. Those are the ones that receive the word 
and receive a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. They're the ones that are shedding the gospel and becoming sowers themselves. Let me go ahead and pray. And I just pray that you take this message to heart. It's not enough to know who Jesus Christ is. The thing that's important is to receive him and to be able to be fruitful in this life and therefore in the next as well. Let me pray. Father God, we... Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.